coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I am the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions, and I am joined this afternoon by my two co-hosts, Sedan Wilson Lee. Hello. And Chris Wilson Barnes. Hello. That was the most energetic <laughs> opening I've gotten out of either of you. And uh, today we are going to be continuing our Perfect Tens discussion with my third Perfect Ten pick, the 2001 Guy Ritchie film Snatch. I think it was actually 2000. I, you know, I meant to look that up. I was pretty sure it was 2001, but you're probably right. I, um, I think I, I, I was on IMDb. 2000. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was wrong. So, it's 22 years old. Um, yeah, uh, one of my absolute favorite films, uh, British crime dramedy. Actually, no, I think it leans more on the side of comedy uh, it's definitely, than drama. Yeah, it's, it's kind of more madcap than, oh, than you'd expect. And there are some heavy moments in there, though. It's, there are. No, no, there are, absolutely, to drive the point home that these are bad people. Yeah. Um, so Why I, are they bad, Chris? Uh, did you miss the caravan fire, Sam? <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. Um, I, I, this is one of those movies when I was trying to determine my list because I think the three of us could have easily done an entire year each. Like we could have picked 12 perfect 10 films. Um, so whittling my list down to four was very difficult for me. I picked this one because it's one of many films that is a yearly rewatch for me. I saw this when it came out in 2000, and I've watched it at least once a year ever since. Um, uh, effortlessly quotable. It's uh, got so many great lines, great moments that have influenced me and my sense of humor. Lots of things that I use on a pretty consistent basis. Um, Stan, this was your first time watching it, right? Uh, yeah. Um I mean, I've I've seen clips, of course, as like everything else. It's like I've seen bits and parts and pieces, but never anything all the way through. And there was so much that, oh, I guess I should have seen this before. But uh, lots of stuff that caught me that if I would have known about before, I would have watched it. But you know me and my love for Guy Ritchie. Which is non-existent. Which is non-existent. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> the way you stumbled over his last name, it was, yeah. a, it was a good indicator. Now, is it is it just because he married Madonna? Um, is that the only reason you hate him? Well, I think the marriage to Madonna was the like the start of his. Because remember, I uh, I do like Lockstock. Um, right, which and, is pre-Madonna. Which is pre-Madonna. <laughs> pre-Madonna. And his pre-Madonna stuff, I think, is pretty good. And now having snatch but snatch was after madonna wasn't it snatch is while he was married to madonna okay that's um, why lucky star is in the film that uh, i get it um uh but uh the idea that but i never watched the swept aways i never watched the uh sherlock holmes stuff so did most uh, of the world you know but the idea that all these films that he's known for i think are shit you know so um, we could I, I could easily do an episode of this show about why the 2008 Sherlock or 2009 Sherlock Holmes movie is one of the worst movies ever made <laughs> that I, I do not understand why so many people enjoy that but anyway Chris uh, this was not your first time seeing it correct no but I, I had not seen it for a long long time so I'd honestly really forgotten the movie I mean aside from like you know the stuff that had permeated into pop culture mm-hmm 
which there's a lot of. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, well, thank you. That leads it. That's a good segue. Um, we're going to start it off the way we started off the discussion of the last two movies. Um, is it a 10? Stan. Of course not. I mean, no, but I mean, but again, I have to respond with the way I was, you know, none of our movies have been throw that objective bullshit out the window, you know? So it's like, well, you're pretty sure your picks were tens. Or else you no, probably wouldn't think they're them. tens for me because the that's idea what the that whole premise in, is, the, Dan. Yes. No, the idea that they're right, we're influential not, to me, but like I said, the, as, okay. Here, here's a, does it rate a ten for you? No. Okay, that's okay. fair. But we're not the AFI. But that's what I'm saying. Is like it's it's not going to be you know again a film school film because they'll probably pick a different movie like Lock Stock as his his version of perfect you know so and i do love lock stock and two smoking barrels it's another i i would easily call it a perfect 10 film yeah. the reason i picked snatch over this is because i think one it's more uh accessible and i don't mean that in the way of like finding it i mean just from an audience perspective i think it's easier to lean into the plot of snatch than it is lock stock and lock it's crap it and it's got Brad Pitt. It's got a lot more people that you would recognize. Right. Lockstock was a very low-budget indie darling. Still a great film. Wonderful. But, um, and a, a much more complex plot. Um, Chris, what say you? Ten? At least a nine. I don't know. I don't know if I'd personally go for a ten. Uh, but uh, it's up there. Yeah. It's good. Good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, so the first actual topic, I guess. Um, this is an ensemble cast. And it's one of those uh, kind of films, one of those kind of stories where you've got different plots going on involving different characters that intersect and overlap. Uh, so what were your, your favorite characters and or groups of characters? Because so many of these groups are package deals like uh, Vinny and Saul or uh, uh, Bricktop and his two men, Turkish and Tommy. Um, so what, who are your favorite characters slash group of characters? Let's start with Chris. I will say I liked Vinny, Saul, and Tyrone's story the most. Funny enough, because I was thinking about it, like especially with the, the way the things went and the tone of the, 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 tone of the movie, that's us in a, in a, crime, a crime movie like this. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's that. our story. <laughs> we would be a lot smarter. No. We, yeah, you, we would We'd be like, better criminals. Stan, everybody, and I sent, that's when I sent that message last night, everybody in this mo movie bumblefucks their way through crime. <laughs> We would, well, we would have stopped at the $10,000. We wouldn't have gone, oh, we need half of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I would have stopped when he pulled out the 10000 Yeah, pounds. all good. Let's hide this body. Because this right. is going to be more than a half day's work. Right. We would have figured that out. And, and we don't like work. So it's like we would have finished after. Well, of course not. Chris oh. and I are millennials and no one wants to work anymore. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and dogs biting you and stuff. It's like, okay, we're done. You know, I, we'll I would be I would be the guy who kept the dog that the Pikes gave me. <laughs> I will say I, I liked various characters for various reasons. I liked Tommy and Turkish because them, Tyrone specifically, Gorgeous George, they were all the ones in the movie who were on the the more outskirts of the nefarious the Pikes yeah. too. Uh, I I hesitate to use that word because I think it's more of a pejorative. It is a common pejorative in Europe. For and they call them gypsies and gypos yep. too. It's like those are 
Yeah, I mean, uh, for as far as colloquialisms go, I'm more inclined to say pikey than to call yeah. them gypsies or gypos. I think the, the the more proper terminology is like travelers, but then again, I mean, it's still pretty pervasive in Europe. To... And it it is uh, it's it's really difficult to refer to these characters as anything, as anything other than the pikeys. Right, right, and, and all, especially so. In America, at least, it has less of a bite because there's not that much of a stigma to it. Right. But it's it's like the they're very much like nomads in Europe. Yeah. Um, but I, but you know the I mean the Pikes are honestly the the no that wouldn't say that they're the best people but they're they're also the 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 most harmless in the movie overall because it's like all <laughs> they all all they did was I mean uh, bef- up until. <laughs> Until the end. <laughs> up until uh, I mean, up until they were pushed. Yeah. I mean, really, all they were doing was just like conning people. Yeah. <laughs> with with bad Craigslist trades. <laughs> and 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 they and for the most part, even the what you would call you know a bad trade, it was actually done in actually good faith. No, it wasn't. It was, <laughs> no, it was absolute. Those were, those it was were absolute. Cons. But caveat the, the bargains no, were. No, no, no. I'm gonna stop you right there. It was absolute. About Caveat emptor bullshit, <laughs> where it's like you agreed to pay for it as is, right? You, knowing that knowing that they knew full well those wheels would pull straight off. But I mean, them and Tommy and Turkish, who is like really, they're not deep into it. I mean, you, you look at them. There's a reason they're ostensibly the heroes of the story, which is more or less that they run a, a CD gambling partner. Right. They, they're wanting to, you know, make some make some good money with, uh, you know, fixed underground boxing. Right. Like, uh, you know, they, they're, they're not really like Tyrone is like a small time crook and the and, and Vinny and Saul are also small time guys. Well, I think it's also important to point out that Turkish and Tommy don't run fixed matches. Right. They, 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 but they but once they knew who they were in with, they had to start fixing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but and, and Tyrone, honestly, I felt the most sympathy for him. Because he, he his whole arc is he goes to help his friends with this kidnapping thing they're doing. He's the one who recognizes Frankie Fourfingers and yes. gets him. Uh, he helps them out of the bookie place when they get stuck. <laughs> and he's the one who has dogs set on him and he's almost killed for all this. <laughs> and if the uh, last shot is anything to go by, he's also the only one of them to get away. Because yes. Vinny and Saul get uh, arrested at that the is end. Tr- he's fast when he wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Stan, what about you? Favorite character and or group of characters? Um, it, it's going to sound obvious, um, but, but I think uh, I, I know Brad Pitt is the name in the movie, but I, I, we were talking about this earlier that uh, Brad Pitt deciding I'm just going to be a really great supporting character in all my movies. I'm not going to worry about being leading man and was the best decision he ever made because starting with like 12 monkeys and stuff choosing the best to be the supporting actor not the lead um it's always the best thing for him and uh and it turns out him and his him and his uh group his cadre with the pikeys are are my favorites and one of which stan you're not going to get this but dave will the guy named darren looked like kenny omega yeah oh, oh my know. god he does yeah wow <laughs> Well, I hold on. I think that, I wouldn't have necessarily picked out Kenny Omega, but but uh, but yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's Jason Fleming mm-hmm. from uh, he he had a much bigger important role in Lockstock. Right. Um, oh yeah, I noticed that uh, with the credits, a lot of these guys got brought in from Lockstock too. Yeah. Uh, and then few of them were in uh, Train Spotting and stuff like mm-hmm. that too. I think. Uh, am I wrong? Flat Top or um, Brick Top? Brick Top. Alan Ford is is. 
in train spotting and then the one gangster with the tide that gets pulled in by Vinny. Oh yeah. He um, definitely was. He was I don't know spotting. about Alan Ford. I, I own train spotting. I've seen train spotting. That's another one of those movies that is hard to watch. Yes. Uh, I can't remember the last time I, I it saw is it. funny as hell. Well, I know from IMDB, <laughs> Alan Ford was the narrator in Lockstock. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. He yes, was. Okay. And he was the bartender as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, uh, uh, he would be my. Um, if I wasn't going with the obvious with Brad Pitt, I do love. I really do love Brad Pitt in this movie, and he totally solidifies the film for me. I think, and and then he just plants it, and his performance. Well, he's is, the fucker who sets things in motion. He's the fucker that sets him, but you don't know that until later. But but yeah, he he's 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 phenomenal. Well, no, uh, you know it immediately because he. he, he. He well, takes gorgeous George out of it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and, and the sense of that, um, he's going to be the replacement fighter. Yes, definitely. But the idea that he's he's got a plan way before the plan happens. Well, in TV tropes terms, he is also the unwitting instigator of doom. Right. Right. There's no way that as smart and as cunning as uh, that clan is, I don't think there's any way at that moment that uh, he would have seen his mom. I ju- I'm sorry, I just connected something. I just realized the moment you knew that he bet on himself to win in the first fight is when they're coursing and they all pull out those, that money mm-hmm. for yeah. the bets. It's like they all have a shit ton of money for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. That's good. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, other than Brad Pitt, um, I, I, Alan Ford, Alan Ford. Um, uh, Bricktop Brick and his crew. Bricktop and his crew, especially Bricktop himself. Um, and you were saying this earlier, how he has the best lines, and I he agree. Does with you. I agree with you? Everything that Bricktop says is ice cold. Yeah, everything about Alan Ford's look and delivery. He's he looks like a hard man, uh-huh. and he delivers every every it's line great. with purpose. Uh, well, the on the phone with the uh, one of yeah <laughs> in the quiet words of the virgin mary come, come again. again i really enjoyed uh when he pokes his head into vinnie and saul's that, uh, uh, a ju- uh, is it like pawn shop, shop? Yeah. he's like is this a bad time yeah that's that's um that's where he solidified that moment solidified his performance for me they have and, no and clue who he is he just casually walks in where they're trying to move a body the monologue about how to Oh, take care of bodies and the, stuff is the, great monologue. The pig farm monologue is fucking iconic. I, I have a, so much of it committed to memory. Just to be and able that, that comes after he's he's walked Turkish and Tommy through his pig farm in the beginning. Right. So he's like, why is he walking them through this? And then you find out later, <laughs> oh, he's done that to int- to impress upon them the the, yes. the uh, thing they're in. Yeah, yeah. So so for the most part, um, Brad Pitt definitely. Um, and and the scenes with him fighting are some of the best film uh, best uh, filmed scenes I've ever seen because I think. This composition wise and performance wise, great fight scenes. Great oh, fight yeah. Scenes. His boxing matches are great. Um, the cinematography is beautiful. I think for me, as much as I love all of the characters and especially the ones you guys talked about, as far as like the, the sheer comedic value of the film goes, it's got to be um, Cousin Abby. Doug the Head, uh, Abby and Doug the Head, <laughs> Bullet his, Tooth Tony. His, yeah, oh, their, story, Tony. their storyline oh. is great. I especially yeah. love. Cousin Avi's exit from the narrative. Yeah. When after after yes. the whole incident with him, Bullet Tooth, and Vinny and Saul, where he accidentally shoots, <laughs> you don't even see Bullet Tooth dead, but he, he realizes, oh God, I shot him. He <laughs> just throws the gun down, walks out, and then it's straight to the montage of him back in the plane, another shot, back home. Do you have anything to, cl- to declare? Yeah, yeah don't, don't go, go to, to England. England. <laughs> um, Dennis Farina is, is wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. 
Um, and to say that. Vinny Jones as Bullet Tooth Tony gets the second best lines behind Bricktop. Do you, do you know what I love is the fact that Vinny, Vinny Jones' character, Bullet Tooth, is arguably the coolest character in the film, but in, in the whole of the movie, nobody's cool. The entire, like, at least to me, in this movie, everybody, like I said, is in some way along for this weird fucking ride. And it's like, he gets the cool moment to let Vinny and Saul know they're in over their heads. But at the same time, he gets fucked in the, in the back room of their shop because Dennis Farina grabbed a Desert Eagle and just started popping off shots. And this was after we're told that Bullet Tooth Tony survived getting shot six times previously. Yep, in the mouth. Yeah, and uh, gets taken out completely by accident. <laughs> kind of, yep. By shaming a dog. Yeah, again, yeah. by another person bumble-fucking their way through a moment. And this is the two supposedly, like, unkillable characters in the film. Yeah, and we forgot to mention Boris the Blade. Yeah, Boris the, Blade. Boris. Boris the Bullet Dodger. Why, why do they call him that? He because he dodges, dodges bullets, bullets Avi. <laughs> such, a, such a great moment. Especially because... because Bullet Tooth is is saying that it being nice. He's very being nice, very nice about it. But there is that tone of, why do you think? Right. <laughs> you just said the word. And <laughs> Boris is and Boris goes through that movie surviving so much to the point where Bullet Tooth is unloading a clip of a Desert Eagle into him. He's like six shots in, and you still hear Boris going not. He's like you still gasping. Almost you. <laughs> Almost. And then he and, tilts the gun around. And honestly, <laughs> I never saw him die on screen. I'm not convinced he didn't. Uh, well, absolutely. The, the, uh, no, I think Tony took the time to yeah. line up and properly fire that last <laughs> shot. After the cu- last couple of shots, I was like, aim for the head. Right. Um, he also gets one of my favorite um, things that you never hear, like the action movie trope of like, hit the deck or everybody get Pull down. Pull your socks up, Avi. Pull your socks up, Avi. I was like, it took the, me a second to connect that. <clears throat> oh, right. Well, and that's what's great because it takes uh, Avi, Saul, and Vinny a few seconds to oh, like look at the sound of the voice. Like, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love uh, Avi and Bullet Tooth. And I, it's actually also a really good moment because even though Avi's American and the other ones are still kind of unsure, they're native English speakers. So Boris wouldn't be, would probably very much be the last person to understand exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. Very, really great um, because a lot of, I guess it's episodic in a way, you know, th- and, and then, you know, concurrent things are happening at the same time, you know, and, uh, and uh, so the idea, the choreography between uh, shots and screenplay, you know, the, what's being said and what's on camera, the choreography of that is really great. And there's no better evidence of that than the scene of the car crash where all three yes. groups come together. Yes. Where um, Tommy haphazardly throwing Turkish's jug of milk out the window <laughs> leads to... Um, For a second, the you, biggest think, you think that's just a comedic beat where it's like, oh, of course, because he cares what doing it. Which car did it hit, though? It Uh-oh. hit Bullet Tooth's car, which leads to him crashing it. Rosebud to stab himself through the chest. With a, knife, with a sword. With a yeah, sword. Boris gets out of their trunk only and, to get hit by Vinny and Saul and, and Tyrone. As and as he's kind of trying to figure out where he is because he can't remove bam. the hood. Bam. Yeah, Vinny and Tyrone. 
Of course, I didn't kill him, though. No. no. It just pissed him off. It pissed him off. I love uh, him walking into his house while Turkish and Tommy are there. Just to get a new gun. Clocks Tommy in the nuts. Grabs him yeah. by the nuts and then proceeds to carry him by the nuts up to his front door and just drop him. Yeah. You took care of that really like, I have well, no Tom. time for you, you little shit. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as far as ensemble casts go, this one is an A+. I, I'm laughing really hard because every time we talk about these moments, it just reminds me, it's like, you did purposely dodge this movie, Stan. It's like, and, just, and, and said, no, I'm not going to watch and support Guy Ritchie in any way in shape or form, especially to suck it up into the zeitgeist that is Snatch. But, uh, but I'm so glad that I ended up watching it and it's really great what what i was gonna uh, i was just gonna add on to you know how i said like no one in this movie is cool i, I was trying to say uh at least because i had thought of this earlier is like the the characters and the tone is like it's shot straightforward like any dramatic crime movie would be but it subverts your expectations because of the tone and the characters just basically unglamorizing crime in its entirety just, just <laughs> Just, yeah, and and it, because there's there's really the the people who are likable are only barely likable because they stay the most out of the middle of it. And it's because like you know, there's a guy like Bricktop. He is, as in his own words, an horrible cunt. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know he's like you realize oh he's he's only gotten as far as he has in the crime world because he is nothing short of just a brutal hammer. <laughs> Which we see him literally in that opening montage where they introduce all the characters. Yep. He takes a hammer to somebody's face off screen. Yes, he does. Oh, that, that's, yeah, his introduction is whacking two people, one for betraying him, the other one for snitching, uh, in front of two boxers who are practicing. Yeah. He's like, what are you two looking at? Yeah. Uh, I love that he, he thanks the person who snitched out the other guy and then immediately says... Oh, I uh, can't stand that kind of thing. Yeah. And has that guy killed as well. <laughs> Um, and we, we've talked about pretty much everyone uh, but Benicio Del Toro, oh, the yeah. other unwitting instigator of Doom. Again, and he, he might get the most uh, uh, ignoble, like the most in, indignity in his death. <laughs> because it's just, one, he performs the heist that kicks this all off. And then <laughs> because Tyrone backs his car up, he's trapped in a van for hours. Yeah. And then he gets kidnapped. Uh, gets shot in the head and then because has his they hand said, chopped off. Because they said Boris's name with an earshot, so Boris is like, well, "I got to kill him." And he was the only, and his hand gets chopped off because he was the only guy who knew the code to the case. Um, well, we we sort of rolled this in while we were talking about the various characters and how great their lines are. But the next topic is best lines. Like I said, this movie is endlessly quotable. Um, but what were some of your favorites? This time we'll start with Stan. Um. I'm going to start with, uh, you like dags? <laughs> Do I like dags? dags. Oh, dogs. dogs. I love dags. <laughs> yeah. I, I love dogs. I love, I, dogs. I love dags. I love he, dags. He purposely does. Um, uh, I, I did like, I, I did like, um, but I, mind you, I did have to put on the subtitles um, to go through uh, Brad Pitt stuff and to make sure I wasn't get missing lines that so I should have So that's funny because with, with Dave's copy and I'm, uh, of the movie, they they had an accessibility option where it was you can have you, you you're, if you're fine everywhere else you can just have subtitles for when Brad Pitt is speaking. Yeah, and even then some of them are just question marks. But that's yeah. that's purposeful. It's for a joke. When he what, what he's doing is he's rattling off the features of a caravan that he wants for his mom, 
and he's and he, they purposefully do it in such a way that it's like they because the whole point of the joke is Turkish turns to Tom and goes, "You get any of that?" <laughs> Periwinkle blue. Um, uh, so a lot of uh, a lot of Brad Pitt's, but of you uh, gotta go back to uh, when I was watching it the first time. I like paused it because I had to go to work, so I um, stopped it halfway through. And about halfway through is when uh, Bricktop does the uh, in the quiet words, the quiet words of uh, the Virgin Mary, come again. You know, it's like that. And 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 the thing is, is the subtitles are on, so it like froze right on those words. And it's like I laughed even when the <laughs> Just at the at the stop, and I just cracked up. So um, there is a lot. Uh, uh, I really love Tyrone's. Of course I am. Of course I am. <laughs> and his response to questioning his uh, his capabilities. Tough car, uh, driving a, a getaway car. Um, I mean, this movie is the one of the personifications of the English art of banter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I think one of my favorites, uh, Bricktop had a lot of good ones. I think the the best one for me was. Um, do you take sugar? No, thank you, Turkish. I'm sweet, sweet enough. enough. Yep. Yes. <clears throat> and, and then the monologue. Um, the um, monologue. Bricktop's from, monologue. Bricktop. Yeah, and then uh, Bullet Tooth's monologue is good, but I like I love the middle when Vinny. When, when before he gets really gets rolling, then he goes, these are your last words, so make them a prayer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tying into that one, um, after Gorgeous George gets knocked out and everyone is very much aware he might be dead. Yeah. Turkish's voiceover when he says, Tommy, the tit is praying. <laughs> yeah. And if he's not, not he, he should fucking be. should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, 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 I'm not going to say I love Guy Ritchie's words as much as i like especially early tarantino banter i won't say that but it is definitely for this movie and and for Lockstock, i think they're very close i do <laughs> i was i'm looking back through the quotes just to find ones i missed and i do like uh between doug the head and avi we've got sandy beaches so who the fuck, the fuck wants to see him <laughs> i do love their stuff together especially this phone stuff avi spends great. the whole time just just ripping the shit out of Doug the head the whole, and England as a whole. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Turkish's voiceover of uh, uh, Doug the head. And we hit it earlier with bullet tooth and Avi. What do they call him? The bullet dodger. <laughs> because he, he dodges, dodges bullets, bullets Avi. But the whole, um, he wishes he was Jewish. He tells people he's Jewish, he tells his family he's Jewish or that they're Jewish. And, but in this business, it's good. in the uh, diamond it's good business, business, it is good, good for, for business. business. Yeah. <laughs> That that area is great. So, how long do those sausages got? <laughs> five minutes Turkish. <laughs> two minutes ago. It was it was, it was two minutes, two minutes five, five minutes, minutes ago. ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just the responses to questions that they perform is are great. Well, the back and forth between Avi and Rosebud when Avi <laughs> tells him they're going to London, London, or London, London. London. Yeah. London. Yes, London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, bad food, worse weather, Mary fucking Poppins. London. London. Then the then the montage. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Um Chris, were there any more? I'm also like scrolling oh. through because I, I'm certain that I missed things. I mean, uh, there's nothing, nothing that I would just say stands out, but it's like I love Vinny, Tyrone, and Saul in the car. Just like the whole, you, Stan mentioned that earlier, is it the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. Especially with the dogs dribbling. 
I don't want that dog dribbling on my car. It's, it's a, a stolen, stolen car. car. <laughs> um, honestly, like. But as long as I'm behind the see, wheel. See, that's why I thought of us when we was. In, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the whole movie is quotable, but uh, I think before we move on, I think I have to give particular mention to yet another one of Bricktop's lines. Do you know what nemesis means? Oh, yeah, that one. A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by an horrible cunt, me. Oh, so good. Um, All right, so we've touched on it, and Chris is actually the one who pointed out uh, to us via our group messenger Everyone in this movie, except the Pikes, is really bad at being criminals. I, yeah, I said that everyone is some combination of greedy, stupid, and in some cases, evil. Um, like, Turkish and Tommy get forced basically into a higher weight class above, or, you know, against their will. Because their business was going great until they got forced into working with Bricktop, and it was Basically, all downhill yeah. from there. Yeah, and they were screwed further because uh, them them not losing the first fight uh, meant that people uh, people that Bricktop had to... Because uh, everyone has a boss. Yep. People that Brick, Bricktop was under lost money. Uh-huh. Uh, but for the most part, um, you got you got to consider Bricktop was successful for a long time. He just, for somehow he... Again, just picked the wrong just moment. Just because he was the, just the meaner, blunter, more right. brutal guy. And, I mean, he could have continued getting away with it had he not killed... Right. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Uh, Mickey's mother. Right. Um, Vinny, Saul, and Tyrone are just straight-up bad criminals. They are. Tyrone's the only smart one among them. Like, they, they, unlike unlike uh, Turkish and Tommy, who sort of got dragged in over their heads, they immediately jumped in over their heads. Because they're great jewelers, obviously. Right. They're very intelligent um, but they hated uh, appraisers being, of but They clearly product. wanted more than what they had. They wanted more than they had, but the idea that... Um, for the most part, they did have a chance to be better than they were because they actually had something else that they could be good at where nobody else had any other options. That's, that was their life, was the criminal life. Vinny and, and um, uh, uh, not Tyrone, but Saul, Saul um, uh, they, ha- they had a business. <laughs> yeah. And they were, su- they were successful. Well, you know? uh, during the um, robbing of the, uh, the bookies, they use each other's <laughs> names out loud. Yep. When they get locked outside, <laughs> they, they take their masks off and then in the, front it, of a security camera. Right before Tyrone gets the door open to you, let him out. They, 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 yeah, they're, they're sitting there, and then they look up. <laughs> yeah, they look directly into the fucking camera. Yeah. Uh, the so, the Pikeys are really the only ones who seem to know what they're doing. Because it wasn't really any of their business till they got dragged into it. Right. Well, but even before that, they successfully... And they're skilled cons. You know? Yeah, yeah. They're, they defraud they several because, yeah, thing, people. Yeah, their thing is they're, they're con artists. That's if you're not within the community, you're a mark. You're right, mark. yeah. Like carnies in that Which way. is really, yeah. uh, and, and they talk about it, it's like, you know, it's like uh, uh, Turkish's voiceover about it, it's like, that's why they talk the way they do is to, so you don't understand oh, yeah, yeah. where the, and then at the end when, um, uh, when the Pikes do their action, oh, he yeah. pulls the phone out and he's very clear about you have to mm. talk louder. You want to talk to your friend, you're going to have to speak a little louder. Yeah, and, that one is crystal clear. Crystal clear. Yeah. And the guy in the car when he's rolling mm. down the window, you want 
Uh, I'll give shooter. you a I'll give you a fucking shooter, you cunt, you. Every yep. s- every syllable and consonant was clear. Well, yeah. also also there's the running joke of even if you have the captions on for Mikey, the running joke is all of his his friends are and slash brothers. Uh, whenever he says something that what did he say, they enunciate and yeah. they tell him what he said. Right, right. Um, so Ob- it's like when they want to be heard, you'll hear it. Yeah. Avi and Rosebud probably were pretty decent criminals in America. In America. And they go to London, where they are immediately outclassed. They're out of their depth, yeah. Uh, Avi tries his best to keep up, and that ends with him accidentally murdering his business associate. (laughs) Even though it works out for him because he's still, when everything is said and done, Avi still ends up with that diamond. He will, yeah. And and again, it's telling, it's like on, on... on what side of the the thing that you you know Turkish ultimately uh, Turkish and Tommy fall on, because they end up with the diamond. They get the reward for getting through all of that. And the dog. Yes. And the dog. Daisy. And da- yeah, Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> Good boy. Da- Daisy. Daisy gets the squeaker removed from her too. Yes. And a half, really... of a, half a shoe. <laughs> and a also the mentioning Avi again reminds me of one of my other favorite lines. I'm getting heartburn, Tony. Do something terrible. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, the crafty writing is really, and I'm not talking crafty as in you know uh, writing craft, but just the the crisp the crispness and the uh, and the way you appreciate writing, Chris, is you know just you know what needs to be said is said, and um, and the punchline is there when it needs to be there, the buildup is there when it needs to be there, and and. It's it's not convoluted in any fashion in any way. It's like everything that is supposed to be there is there. Yeah, it's that little bit of yeah. It's like the the mood is always appropriate, and the, and the quips are always that little bit of gallows humor for being yes. in that situation that you're yes. in. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, the last group. I mean, Frankie. Frankie at Four Fingers successfully pulls off a diamond heist. Oh, yeah. Still gets taken out by Tyrone backing his car mm-hmm. into Frankie's van. And Bricktop, who is arguably the best criminal in the film going into it, yep. still fucks with the wrong group of people, yeah, loses absolutely. his life See, that, and it, his entire organization yeah. in one night. In it's, one it, night. It's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Is like uh, The thing I talked about Bricktop being, you know, this, just, he's always just hard pushed his way through his problems. It finally fucks him over. Because yeah. he, he, he pushed against the wrong people and they pushed back. Yeah. And, and go back to the Pikes, you know, and they're super efficient about what they deal with, you know, because, and, and that was, that's another fault of Bricktop, I think, is that he's not necessarily efficient in his crime, but, you know, because he has so many things to deal with because he's, you know, dealing with gambling. But the idea that Pike, because the second they did their job, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're clear, any, any evidence gone, you know, it's like they were out, you know, and, and it's like the whole, when the police come and, and, uh, uh, Turkish and, and, uh, and, <laughs> Um, uh, Tommy. Tommy are there, and it's like, where'd they go? And the police come in, and, and it's like... Yeah, you see them getting out of the car in the background. You go, oh, no, who are mm-hmm. they? <laughs> and, 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 and they said, they did their job. So it's like, we're not going to bust on them or anything. And the dog comes back. Oh, we're here walking our dog. You know, it's like, they... They did exactly what they were supposed to do, Tur- so I'm not going to bust on them. Turkish and Tommy are the only ones in the movie who managed to fail upwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I, I keep forgetting there's just so many characters. Boris is an uh, 
actual ex-KGB war criminals yes. who still manages to get in above his head when he starts fucking and around with this diamond. just randomly scans, scams people on weapons sales. Yeah, he's yes. been apparently making a very good living with uh, shitty weapons deals. <laughs> the, the second he gets involved with this diamond, it's all da- downhill for him. Um, which brings me to the final topic of discussion that I came up with. Um, I think the overall theme of the movie should be never underestimate someone, but also don't overestimate someone. The majority of the problems in this film happen because somebody is either underestimated or overestimated. Absolutely. Um, uh, 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 oh my God, Tony uh, has the adjustment on the philosophical statement that the only thing that God didn't compensate for in the brilliance of man is the stupidity of man. Yeah. Um, Bricktop uh, says that the only, you can always count on the predictability of stupidity. Can, yeah. You can always count on the predictability of stupidity. And I think that's a great summation of the folks, um, especially, <laughs> uh, he still, well, he under, yeah, he underestimated his own stupidity. Yep. He under, by underestimating the Pikes, mm-hmm. he thought that he could just roll right over them and, as Turkish says in his narration, a, a pikey reaction is a hell of a fucking thing. Yes. Turkish uh, spends the whole movie mocking Tommy for having the gun, but when he goes to stop the guys from breaking up the gambling machines and Tommy has his big big moment, uh, you know, he does it with the gun, and it's mm-hmm. like Errol tries to call him out saying, oh, you got bullets here this time? You want to find out? <laughs> yeah, uh, and at that point in the film, Tommy knows that that gun won't fire. Right. He still walks in there with balls of steel mm-hmm. and rescues Turkish. Um, Bullocks. Everyone kind of overestimated, in a way, Bullet Tooth Tony, who yes. was very proficient and at his job with a better class of people he'd have lived exactly (laughs) exactly uh boris underestimated everyone below him and got shot seven times i think he i think he overestimated his ability to survive yeah i think he'd grown so used to i'll get out of this somehow if he had not continued to mock tony after being (laughs) shot the first few times he should have he should have played possum if he just shut up yeah he would have gotten up and walked out yeah yeah um, and it plays perfectly into the theme of, um, it's something that, uh, Elmore Leonard said, uh, he, Elmore Leonard loved writing about stupid criminals and he had been outspoken about why he, he enjoyed that so much. It's because in real life, your average criminal is not a mastermind there for the most part, they are stupid people who get into stupid situations <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a there's an unfortunate thing that a lot of a lot of crime movies. I, I understand when you want want it to be interesting and cool, you want to make these people seem cool and badass. But a lot of times, there's an even mix, if not an overwhelming majority, of just dumb, brutish people involved in this. Yeah, involved the, in situations that the criminality is the only way to get out of that situation, and it's like. I'm not a criminal, so it's a, I'm going to be poor at this. <laughs> you know, this is going to end probably badly, it's, but this it's is kind of like a game series do. I love that's pretty popular uh, in Japan. And it's it's kind of popular over here. It's the Yakuza series. Oh yeah. Um, where for the most part, the whole series is kind of like it's like there's a lot of it, the tone is interesting because there's a lot of goofy shit in the games, but like the overarching story is always this big dramatic thing. About, and it's just yeah, but. Everything you saw happen in this story is like was done by very bad people. Bad people. <laughs> and even though Brad Pitt is in this movie, none of these people are Ocean's Eleven. Nope. 
Everything that goes wrong, he does. Uh, yeah, exactly. It can go wrong. It is Murphy's Law, the movie. Um, did you guys have any things that you wanted to talk about? Any discussions or observations? The only thing I wanted to bring up is uh, you see the pedigree of this movie and how you know, and it's and it's and its style and and its its wit and and everything about it. You see its pedigree, how it's flowed down into other movies for good or for bad, but especially in one we saw earlier this year, Bullet Train. Yes. Yeah, Bullet Train was a movie that I saw the preview for and went, oh, that looks like fun. Which, and then we, Chris and I went and saw, and I walked out of it going, holy shit, I loved that movie. Mm -hmm. And again, featuring Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt and a bunch of overlapping uh, plots that are all connected and all come together yep. thanks to some very stupid criminals. <laughs> yep. The machinations of not smart people. Right. Um, we didn't talk about, but I, I thought they did a, gr or, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Guy Ritchie here. It's like I, he did a great job. It's like she was barely on screen. She barely had anything to do except be you know the matriarch of the Pikes. Oh yeah, oh, but Mickey's Mike, mom. Mickey's mom and uh, the fact that um, I keep forgetting um, uh, Turkish's partner Tommy. Tommy Tommy just ends up with a huge crush on her because she she's a moral center and then so when she finds her demise in this movie you're you and there's no reason to feel for her she wasn't there that much but the fact that what she did what this actor did and what the way it was written around um you you were you felt what mickey was feeling when you find out that they burned her, her his mom in the caravan. Well, Mickey's mom is the only one who actively tries to prevent yes. any of this violence from yes. happening. She outright asked Turkish not to get her boy yes. involved in anything else. She did, yes. And Turkish goes and gets him involved anyway, and she gets burned to death. Well, Turkish, for his part, really didn't want to either, but, you know, he's got Bricktop breathing down his neck. Yeah, because his fate would otherwise be getting fed to pigs. And again, and again, I know Bricktop didn't want to have the same outcome happen, but what did he think was going to happen when he burned a man's mom alive? Well, he thought he was untouchable. He thought he was untouchable. <laughs> Mickey and the rest of the Pikes would just fall in line. Yeah. And that they were, just, they were just stupid thieves. You know, it's like, no, these guys are organized. No, Th yeah. This is organized crime. <laughs> if you want organized crime, the Pikes were it. Oh, they'll know? get organized in a fucking hurry. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the actor that played Mickey's mom and... The performance is just lovely, and you are feeling for her by the end of the, her scene. And then she has one more moment when they come back, and uh, after the wheels fall off, and they're about to fight, and she comes running, and they, they throw her right back into the camper. But just this, just this moment of it's like, okay, this is. And then when they pass her picture around. For the you know periwinkle blue, yeah. it's from Mama, Mima, and um, and Tommy's this like big grin because he he'd already I, I I think he'd already fallen for her you know just that he, he, she reminded him of his mom in, in the way and then I think and then I think there was a lot stands connecting bit more dots that are kind of far apart but the, the, but I think there was a but she took care of him 
you know, and you know, she was she was friendly to him. She, she was, was about the only reasonable person exactly. in that movie. Uh, yeah, she was the only reasonable person. Probably kept a, him alive in a campground yeah. full of con artists. Exactly. And Honestly, she probably. W- w- I would believe either way. She knew either she did or she didn't know that that camper was going to have the wheels pull off. <laughs> right. Yes. Stan, but, I, lovely, lovely. I, I'm surprised you didn't bring up Doug's, Doug the Head's twin daughters. Oh. Who you very quickly <laughs> fell in that, love with? Oh man! I, 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 I did. I, lo- I did love it. how they utilized the twins. Speak for them. That was good. yes, Dad. Yes. We know. Or yes, yes Dad. You told us. Um, I, I did not want this to become a episode about the they, twin daughters. It's very clear but, in the one yeah. scene they share with T- Bullet Tooth Tony. They have a huge crush on him. Uh huh. Oh man! When they're sitting think, with, now, there's okay. no overt moves, but the way they are sat to, I, next to him, I'm thinking, they're cozied up to him. And it's like they're hoping to make was, a move. I was thinking the same thing, and it's like I'm probably the only one thinking this. Funny so enough, the, my 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 re, then technically the because they two, bring him up first. They were the ones oh, yeah. that suggest him, right? Yeah. The the uh, technically the twins and the mom weren't really one scene wonders, but my favorite one scene wonder of the movie was the bookie teller. <laughs> Oh, who was great. having none of yeah. Vinny and Saul's shit. No, she was so far All above their shit. are off. <laughs> Which means there's no money. <laughs> yeah, she was fantastic. Fantastic. A completely unfazed. She handles by... money for Bricktop. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Her uh, and then the bartender. Uh, uh, ducks. ducks. <laughs> yes. After giving a half a pint. <laughs> what? And you know what I noticed for the first time, despite how many fucking times I have watched this movie. That's always a magical moment when you're watching a movie you love, too. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, Tony gets off the phone, picks up his glass, sees that it's only been filled halfway, and he holds it up to look at it. And it just, it's framed, or it's shot like he's looking at the, uh, what's in the glass. He's looking at the reflection yeah. of them behind him. Because then he looks over at the bar, sees the bartender down there. Then he turns around. He knows as soon as he sits down that those two guys are already there. Yeah. Uh, just a brilliant little bit that I had never noticed before. Just him looking in the reflection. Just the smartest man in the dumbest situation. Yeah. <laughs> Going out in the dumbest way. Yeah. I'm, oh, man. I'm really glad we got to talk about this movie <laughs> and how much fun it is. I'm, I'm, thank you. I'm really glad uh, I ended up coming to coming to watch it so thank well, you tonight uh we're recording and releasing this on sunday november 20th um which i will talk about more in a second uh how our release uh episode release schedule is going to be changed uh, a little bit uh, in, in the future coming months uh, but tonight there is tonight's aew right yeah full gear Yes, tonight is AEW Full Gear, so sometime in this upcoming week, this is Thanksgiving, so it's probably going to have to be before Thursday, um, we're going to be uh, recording an episode of uh, This Is a Work with uh, our boy here, Chris Barnes, and David Two Dogs Hayes. Um, so we got that coming up. Um, Gina Belmont Brafford, co-host of This Is a Takeover, just got married yesterday. So congratulations to her and frequent guest of the pod, Robert Brafford, on their uh, joyous marriage. Uh, so I'm not sure when we're going to be getting another episode of Takeover. Um, but because I am going to be directing a show coming up uh, in the winter and spring uh, I'm going to be back to being on a busy rehearsal schedule, so it looks like uh, as far as episodes of at least Long Walk Talks, and it might affect some of the others uh, as far as that goes, 
Uh, we will likely be recording on and releasing on Sundays for the next couple of months, at least through April. Uh, so if our listeners are actively, there was a point in this show where we had a set schedule and release date, uh, and we released these episodes every two weeks. Uh, I think on Wednesdays, I made sure that there was an episode going out Wednesday every two weeks. We have since given the fuck up on that because of all of our various schedules. Uh, but just so everyone knows that when uh, new episodes of Long Walk Talks do get released, it's going to be on Sundays for the for next few months. Um, you guys have anything else you want to say before we wrap up? No. That was a good time. It was. Um, Stan, if people want to reach out to you online, uh, where can they do that at? Abbott. Chris, if people com. want to reach out to you <laughs> online or follow you online, where can they do that at? Well, I'm on Twitter at Chris the OK, but for how long? Uh, damn it, that was going to be my line. Were you going to pay, pay him something? No. Not, oh, you're not going to pay $8 to get verified? I'm not giving, he's, that, look, I'm not giving $8 to a man who's so bad with money he buys Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True that. And, um, you know what? In, I, I love uh, Shelby are very much uh, Shelby Rape Anderson for managing our uh, Twitter uh, social media. But oh man, I'm not even going to mention that yet. Uh, yeah, we do have multiple Twitter accounts. But as Chris said, for how long? <laughs> um, so instead, um, I would recommend following us on Instagram at Long Walk Podcast or at This Is A Takeover. Uh, if you want to follow me online, the best place to do that, also on Instagram, uh, at DB Hensley. And I'm fucking around with TikTok a little bit as well. Only posted two videos so far, but you can follow me on TikTok as well, at DB Hensley. And if you really want to get a hold of me, you can probably go to any of these folks' places and ask them about me and... We'll, oh, I'll rat you we'll, out in a second. Don't <laughs> test me. Yeah, we'll we'll relay the messages to you, Stan. <laughs> exactly. We're your own personal fucking answer. <laughs> That's what service. I'm saying. By the way, the police have been trying to get a hold of you. Send them on. Mm-hmm. And also, we've been meaning to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. Uh, if you want to, <laughs> keep... I, I I I signed up at the office. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I I gave it the office. Uh, if you want to keep up with the Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us or you can search for Long Walk Productions and Long Walk Podcasts on Facebook. To see more of our original work or hear past episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on the Long Walk Podcast Network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Peace out. Anything to declare? Yeah, don't go to England. (laughs) England.